we go. All right, guys. Hey, uh, we're live here today on this youth chat. And I have an amazing privilege here today to introduce to you Caleb Eaton from Massachusetts. I'm not going to do most of the talking because I want to introduce, uh, I want to, I want you, I'm going to let you listen to him talk a little bit. We're going to have some questions, but he's introduced himself. He's a, just love this guy's, uh, love this guy's heart, love, the, love his passion. He's doing great things for his church, uh, uh, the, uh, the church, as well as the community, as well as the young adults and the youth. And, uh, but I'm going to give him the floor right now so you guys can listen to his heart. Uh, as well. Then we're going to dive into some questions uh, just here for you guys, just to have some encouragement here for you guys today. So go ahead, Caleb, introduce yourself, my man. What up, everybody? Um, thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate uh, jumping on here and having this conversation. I think that conversations are powerful and, and can lead to healing for people and can be transformative uh, when we just get real and raw with one another. And so I'm honored to have a conversation with you. Um, yeah, my name is Caleb. I am the youth and young adult pastor of The Gathering, which is in uh, our church's New Hope Chapel in Plymouth, Massachusetts. If you're like, where in the world is Plymouth, Massachusetts? It's where the pilgrims came from Holland to America, essentially, and it's the birthplace of our, of our nation. And so that's where we get to do ministry at. Um, I, I get to pastor a, an incredible, rowdy group of youth and young adults that are just hungry for Jesus. And so that's really an honor for me. Um, and that's my passion. That's my heartbeat. That's my drive is to see young people um, be discipled and, and to uh, grow in their knowledge of Jesus and their knowledge of the word of God. And so that's my, uh, that's what I get to do here in Plymouth, Massachusetts. I have a, a beautiful wife named Stacy, who is um, the greatest worship leader on the planet. And then um, I have two children. I have a two-year-old daughter named Alina Ray. And she is uh, my wild child. Um, and then I have a four, I have a four month old. As of today, he's four months uh, named Winston. And he mm. is uh, mellow and chill and sleeps good. And uh, we're going to prophesy that he continues to sleep good in the name of Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's me. That's my little family, my, 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 our, our ministry, our church right here in Plymouth. It's, it's mm. been a blast. Awesome, man. That's awesome. Two, uh, two cute names right there. I, I enjoy those names. Lena and Winston. Legendary yeah, like, names. Yeah, I like Winston. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, so cool names. But anyway, guys. You can, gonna, you can uh, steal them if you want them. <laughs> sure, sure thing. I'll make sure to give you credit too, man. Yeah, I'll take royalties for whatever when, I, when they get famous. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, guys, we're going to uh, – thanks for the introduction there, Caleb. And now – for you guys now we're going to get some real uh, real talk here about uh, just ministry life and uh, you know what's going on in in, in the world but uh, yeah just the first question I have for you uh, Caleb is um, during this uh, during this time uh, you know what are what are you learning uh, during this uh, th during this time here yeah that's a that's a loaded question man um, I could go in so many different directions with that but um, I, I think a few things man I mean we are in the most unique um, experience that our generation has ever been uh, faced with, the, the most unique challenge that we've ever been faced with uh, in terms of this global pandemic. We've never seen this. We've never led through this. We've never, uh, we don't have the, the rule book for here's how to lead in a pandemic. This is brand new territory for all of us as youth pastors, as leaders, as church planners, church leaders, whatever that may be. We're all trying to uh, continue to take ground 
uh, even when we don't know necessarily what to do. And so um, it's, it's incredibly unique, but um, it's also in the midst of a national shutdown, an economic crisis, um, and then layer upon layer upon issue with, you know, the racial tension in our nation and all of the polarization and division. And uh, it, it seems like so much is happening all at the same time. And there's, there's a hopelessness and there's discouragement mm. and leaders are fatigued and they're tired and they're overwhelmed and they're burdened with the responsibility to try to lead through a time like this. Um, I think one of the, the things I'm trying to learn, and uh, I don't know if I'm, a, I'm, I'm as successful as I'd like to be in this area, but something that I keep coming back to, Brian, is in the Bible, I forget the specific reference, but it, it talks about when David uh, and his army lost a specific battle where they came back to their, their uh, one of their cities and they realized that all of their wives, all of their children were taken away. Um, the people, his, his own warriors wanted to kill and take his own life. So talk about discouragement, right? Talk about depression, talk about hopelessness. David was, was down and out in this moment. Yet here we see him and the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And after he encouraged himself in the Lord, he was driven to go and, and take back what the, his enemy had stolen from him. They got their wives back, their children back, their things back. And so it was that encouragement that was the, the point of transformation that led him to do a great feat for God. It started with him encouraging himself in the Lord. And so I think for me, something I'm trying to do um, is continually encourage myself in the Lord. Uh, to continue to to go back to the word of God, to continue to go back to what God has already spoken to me and promised me and, and do my, do my best to get before God and allow his spirit to encourage me. But, uh, but then there's a, a moment where we have to look at ourselves and, and begin to preach to our own soul. Uh, there's another, there's another verse for this. Um, it's uh, I forget the reference again. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be a theologian and a pastor here, but I can't even quote references, but, um, but the, the, the scripture, it says that, you know, it's a psalm. And he says, oh, my soul, why are you so downcast, my soul? Uh, put your hope in the Lord. Yeah, and so there's this, there's this preaching to ourselves that's taking place. And I think that's so, uh, so necessary to do in times like this, Brian, where there's so many problems and issues and crises and things that we need to respond to as leaders to really make sure that, we are encouraging ourselves. I heard a pastor say this one time. Um, they said, the greatest gift I can give my congregation is a healthy pastor, mm, is a healthy leader. And if we are allowing um, discouragement and depression even, this is something that honestly, um, I've been wrestling and struggling with more and more now than I ever have in my entire life. I've never struggled with depression before. I've never wrestled with, uh, really grappled with discouragement until the past three months. I have been, the enemy's been attacking me in, in these specific areas of, of uh, not, not necessarily depression uh, in, in a long form, but in more of a, a bouts and moments of depressive attitudes that kind of take on. I've been wrestling with that and battling with that as long as, as well as, um, moments of just discouragement and feeling defeated. I've been battling with that in the past three months than I have in the past, you know, three years of my life. And so um, I think that's the point I'm trying to not just, uh, not just encourage others, but keep yourself encouraged. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the question would be, well, how do you do that? How do you stay encouraged? What are some practical tools? If, if you're a, uh, you know, young adult or a young person in high school, college, in the workforce, 
you're asking, how do I keep myself encouraged? It's a good word, but what do I do practically to apply that to my life? Yeah. Well, we always gotta, we gotta know that our foundation of our hope isn't in a job. It's not in friendships. It's not in a relationship. It's not in a marriage. It's not in a title. It's not in how much money you make. It's not in your, whatever that might be for you, whatever your hopes are in. Our hopes, uh, if they're placed in the wrong things, like the things I just listed, then the minute that they change, our hopes are also changed and they're also taken away. And so our hope isn't in material things or in relational things or in financial things. Our hope is in the scripture. Our hope is in the promises of God. Our hope is in the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sin, rose again, and is alive now in us through the Holy Spirit. Our hope is in the, the, the ancient texts of the word of God that we call the Bible today. Um, our hope is in, in, a, in a thing in, that is not of this world. And so when we are founded in, in hopes like that, then we can truly encourage ourselves because they're not in these fleeting momentary things. They're in, they're in, in the very thing that brought forth the entire universe as we know it. It is God's word that we go to when we are discouraged. So practically speaking, if you're ever discouraged, if you're feeling depleted, if you're feeling, feeling even depressed, man, uh, we've got to run after the word of God. We've got to hunger for the word of God. We've got to allow the word of God to speak. Jesus said, we don't live by bread alone, but we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so he's saying our life, our life and our being isn't just um, kept healthy by eating physical food and exercise and all that stuff. Our life is, is, is kept healthy when we consume the word of God. And so that's, man, that's how you can stay encouraged in this time. That's how you can stay healthy spiritually in this time. That's how you can stay energized and vibrant. Man, I'm getting excited just talking about it because uh, I, I'm encouraging myself right now. Listen, yeah. it's, easy, it's easy to eat the wrong foods when you have the wrong mindset. Let me just give you a practical example. Yes. Um, when I am... So, you know, back in, back in 2019, this summer, I was doing a lot of preaching trips. This year, we've got nothing because COVID-19 has wiped out all of the preaching trips I had. And so, I, but, you know, we would do local stuff and we would do kind of stuff like, you know, in, in New England. And so I, I would go and preach and I would be so exhausted at the end of it. So my mindset is, man, I'm tired and I want something to eat right now. And so it was easy in those times to take a couple of guys I had with me in the car and say, let's hit up McDonald's. Let's hit up Wendy's. Let's hit up what is convenient, what is open right now. That's where we're going to go. And so it's easy to go to the things that are convenient. It's easy to go to the things that are open. It's easy to go to the things that are accessible, but not necessarily healthy when your mindset is, I'm tired, I'm depleted, I'm discouraged, I'm defeated. And so it's easy to go towards things that are unhealthy for you when you feel that way. And so let's take that not from just a physical you know, example, but bring that to the spiritual now. When you're feeling these things like depleted and discouraged and burnt out and overwhelmed, all those things, it's easier to go to things that are unhealthy for your spirit. It's easy to listen to that music that's unhealthy for your spirit. It's easy to go to those, to those movies and those TV shows and Netflix and those things that you can watch that, that you know, might make you feel better for about two minutes. But then you realize it's unhealthy for your spirit. It's easy to go to the things that are convenient, Brian, but not everything that's convenient is good for you. Yes. And that's the key, I think, is what I wanted to communicate with this point. I'm taking lots of rabbit trails here. I hope that's all right. But no, not everything that's convenient is good for you. And so 
Um, but what is good for you and what's good for your soul and what will remain good for your spirit is the word of God because it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is the thing that feeds our souls. It is the very thing that gives us hope and gives us the promises of God and reminds us of who we are in Christ Jesus. And so, man, I want to say to everyone listening, if you feel that kind of discouragement, listen, uh, first of all, admit that, but run to the word of God, run to the word of God, run to the promises found in scripture and allow them to shape and inform how you're thinking. Um, Romans 12, let me just go there real quick. I love this scripture. It goes back to, uh, Paul is kind of communicating the, the power of our thoughts. And this is what he says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. He says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't just seek after the things that are convenient and easy and accessible. Mm-hmm. But he says, but be transformed, ready, by the renewal of your mind. Mm. Come on. So what I'm learning, Brian, right now is, man, I need my mind to be renewed every day. Yes. I need my mind. I need God to speak to me every day. And so I'm allow, I want to allow his spirit to begin to do that work um, as much as I can to stay encouraged. That's a great word, man. That's wow. You see, us, you see Caleb's heart right there, viewers. And I just want to plug in something here. If you need a book, uh, and it just reminded me, this is called uh, Transforming Grace by Jerry Bridges. And as Caleb was speaking there, something just uh, dropped into my spirit about you know, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. And that's what Caleb yeah. was saying. The renewing of our mind is important. Uh, and the mind renewal, having the right beliefs, having the right thoughts. Because, you know, the Bible mm. says we have to take every thought captive to the beings of Christ. And I just like that, uh, viewers. I like his word right there. If you need encouragement, uh, you know, that's, that's just a powerful word for us. Just to really just chew on if you feel depressed. Uh, and that mm. psalm, that psalm that you were saying was uh, Psalm 42. Uh, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're hopeless, if you're discouraged, you know, I, I want to just reiterate what Caleb said is run to the word of God. That will satisfy you. Nothing will satisfy you except the word of God. So thank mm. you, Caleb, for that. I really appreciate that word right there. But anyway, yeah, let me just jump on. Let me yeah, just God. let me just say this real quick. Um, the reason I bring this up is because this is the most anxious generation that we have on record in our country yes so you know our young people in our youth ministries and people listening um they're you know the percentage of them uh the odds of them being feeling anxious and having struggling very high it's very likely and so but jesus speaks to this and um and jesus says you know in matthew chapter i believe it's matthew chapter six he's like do you not see the lilies of the, you know, how clothed they are. Do you not see the birds of the air, how fed they are? He's like, listen, stop worrying about tomorrow for today has its own troubles. And Jesus is really getting to the heart of those who are anxious. He's saying, listen, don't you know how, he says, how much more do I care about you than, than the lilies and flowers and plants and vegetation and animals? He's like, I care so much more about you. Yeah. And he says, let your soul be at rest because I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. Your every need will be met. And, um, and that's just the heart. But anxiety, um, it, it, let, let me just say this. It starts and ends in the mind. It starts and it ends. So it's, it, it takes root in the mind, but it's also defeated in the mind. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, all, we need to understand how powerful our thought life is. I think I'm realizing how powerful our thought life, life is because, I mean, mm-hmm. I think so many of us are forced to do so much more thinking because we're home 
we're not filling our lives with so many distractions and we're not so yeah. busy anymore. Yep. And so I think I'm realizing how powerful our thoughts are because power, think about this, a thought that's med- a thought that becomes a meditation, that meditation becomes a belief, that belief becomes a stronghold in some time, and that stronghold becomes your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So if you root your lifestyle all the way back to your thoughts, that's how powerful thoughts are. Yeah. And so how much more powerful is it to say, well, Lord, renew my mind. Because, Lord, I, I, I want to have the mind of Christ. I don't want to just you know, be stuck in this place of anxiety, stuck in this place of depression, stuck in this place of hopelessness. I want to be set free from those things. And the way you're set free is it starts in your mind. And it starts with the renewal of your mind. So that's why Paul says, you know, don't be conformed to this world. Yeah. No, man, be transformed. And the way you're transformed is the renewal of your mind. God is saying that this is how powerful our thoughts are. And let me say this, the devil knows how powerful our thoughts are. So that's why when he attacks us, he attacks us at the thought level. So when the devil wants us to keep us stuck, he attacks us at the thought level. But when God wants to transform us, he transforms us at the thought level. That's how powerful thoughts are. Mm, That is so good. Oh, thank you for that word. Wonderful word by Caleb right there. Just to just froze, bro. Just to- uh, I didn't freeze. No, you're, you're, you're good, man. You're good. And uh, what a powerful word that is uh, for us right there, just to understand our thoughts, that we take every thought captive uh, to the beings of Christ uh, and having the mind of Christ, the mind renewal is so important. That's what Caleb and I are going to be hitting on here a little bit more, mind renewal. Uh, but anyway, uh, Caleb, our, our second question we have for him is this, is that uh, we, can, we can continue on with this, but, uh, you know, some wins and some losses. You kind of experienced that already a little bit. Uh, with your losses, I believe, with yeah. some, uh, some attacks from the enemy, uh, with depression and uh, anxiety a little bit. Uh, so what are some wins that you have uh, as well now? Yeah, I mean, I'm also just, uh, if I could, you know, for, for in terms of losses, I mean, um, we, I mean, even just ministry stuff, man, we were planning yeah. out these massive, this massive conference that would have been, mm-hmm. you know, reaching, you know, thousands and thousands of people this summer. Um, you know, we, we had plans even just in March to do this big evangelistic event that was going to reach a lot of young people with the gathering. And so our church was, uh, we had a lot of plans mm-hmm. this summer. And, um, and so when COVID-19 hit, it kind of ruined all those plans. And so our church is, is uh, re- rethinking so many of those events and, and mm-hmm. kind of just uh, reprioritizing and thinking strategy now. But um, yeah. so, yeah, there, there's a lot of, there's, I mean, that's, you know, even the losses I'm describing, you know, there was people who lost their entire retirement plan. You know, there are people who lost um, loved ones due to the virus. There are people who feel a deep sense of loss right now, a deep sense of, there was people, there were, you know, think about even like, I listened to a lot of preachers and public speakers and their entire, um, their entire revenue for 2020 was basically uh, wiped away due to COVID-19. And so this is, this, this has really hit a lot of people in so many ways, but, um, but at the, in the same, in the same vein, um, I don't want to just ask in times of crisis, what does this ruin? Mm -hmm. I want to ask, what does this make possible? I don't want to just ask, what does this, uh, hurt? I want to ask what, or I don't want to ask what doors does this close? I want to ask what doors does this open? And so that kind of, you know, leads me to the, to answer your, your question of what are some wins, man, I, I, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, we, we wouldn't have started 
our YouTube channel. Um, it, if it wasn't for COVID, we would have went, we wouldn't have developed our online campus in reaching hundreds of people more every week. If it wasn't for COVID, we wouldn't have uh, started our, 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 our podcast and, our, and all this stuff that was started because our team and I weren't just asking, what does this ruin? We were asking, what does this make possible? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so we started all these things. Our, our YouTube channel is, is uh, up and running and, and we're able to reach a lot of people. Um, we have our live stream up and running. Our, our churches, our online campus is up and running. Our, our podcast that I've been waiting a year, I, I was trying to start for years is up and running now. Mm. And so it, it, it made possible a lot of things, but here's the coolest thing. I, I mean, if we could talk, if I could talk for a second about just digital church, yeah, go. Um, there, there was kind of like this, this debate for a while, man, on whether or not digital church was actually a thing or, or whether it was valuable to churches. And so some churches were killing it and reaching thousands on it. Some were like, Hey, we'll do it, but we don't really want to, we, you know, we don't really consider it super valuable, but man, COVID-19 ended the debate. Uh, if you aren't on digital church, I mean, your church is, is most, I mean, unfortunately it's probably slowly fading away because this is, this has to be the medium that we reach people right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're doing a zoom call right now, man. I mean, it's all of our life groups and small groups are on zoom. Zoom is kind of a trigger word for me now <laughs> because everything's on zoom, but um, yeah. So, so, um, I say, I say that to say, um, digital church is, is no longer a debate. It, it is, it is a part of how we're going to move into the future in terms of how we minister to people. Um, it's been said for years, the lobby has moved. The lobby is no longer in your church. The lobby is your website. The lobby is your live stream. The lobby is your social media pages. Right. And so our team and I, in terms of wins, we have just been, I think we've capitalized on that really well. Um, we're able to, to reach far more people than we could in a building yeah. um, because we've taken it to the interwebs, if you want to call it that. And so we've done a, we've done a pretty good job of that. And so here's, the, here's a really cool story, man. There was a girl watching our live stream. See, this, is, this wouldn't be possible without COVID. There was a girl watching our live event, uh, it's, you know, called, uh, gather, we call it Gathering Live. Mm-hmm. she's watching it she's in Ver- she's in connecticut she mm-hmm. never would have come to our church she's not a christian she never would have heard of our church if we didn't you know take to social media and take this online um but one of one of our, one of our girls that are, are in our youth ministry told her about it invited her she met her on instagram or something really cool story she ends up watching the whole service on youtube and uh while it's live mm-hmm. and she in her bedroom um as she's watching on her phone has this crazy encounter with Jesus where she begins to feel his presence in her room, feels his love, feels his grace, feels the forgiveness of Jesus is hearing the gospel being preached to her, you know, on her phone as she's watching. And she literally prays for the first time in a room. And she says, Jesus, are you in my room right now? And she feels his presence. She commits her life to Christ her friend, that the, the girl that, that got her connected to our ministry, sent her a Bible. She was devouring entire books of the Bible in one week, reading scripture, and, and has been discipled. Um, yeah, maybe not hands-on, but online. And so it's been the coolest thing to hear. And that story, we're getting, we're getting a lot of those stories coming in where people from you know, Connecticut, Virginia, uh, people, we had someone watching from, from Kentucky the, uh, a couple of nights ago. And so I'm, I'm going, man, we never could have reached these people if we didn't, if we, if, if COVID didn't happen. And so, man, there's been people giving their lives to Jesus online still. 
There's still people getting prayed for. Uh, there's still people getting, you know, prophesied over. There's still people, uh, you know, that are getting discipled. Maybe the medium has changed. The vessel has changed. The method has changed. But the mission, you can't stop the mission. I, it's funny to me when I hear someone say like, yeah, we have to reopen our church. I mean, I, I get what they mean. You know, we're reopening our church. But my question is like, you know, like, where did you, when did you close? You know, when, since when do churches ever close? The church isn't this structure that's open on Sunday mornings from, you know, from, from 1030 to 12, you know, where you have your fellowship and you have your coffee and you sit in the service and you watch an event. That's not the church. That's, that's an expression of how we do church, but the church never closed. The church never went anywhere. We've been here. So when I say somebody say, you know, we got to reopen our church. I'm like, well, where did you go? You know, like what, what happened to your church? So you have to reopen now. And yeah. so for us, man, it's like we've never closed our doors. We're still doing, uh, you know, for us, it's always been the mission over the methods. We're not committed to the methods, bro. We're committed to the mission that Jesus has called us to, to make disciples of all nations and baptizing them and teaching them. And, and uh, so that's we always say in our in our ministry, you know, we're, we're not married to the methods. We're married to the mission. The mission is to reach lost people and to make disciples. The methods will always change. Yeah. See, you start to see churches enter a decay mode when they're more committed to the methods than they are to the mission. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. That's a big factor that I think I'm learning and growing in is let's say, if we have to pivot and go all online, like we, we've all had to, mm-hmm. let's do that. The gospel's still going to go forward. People are still going to be discipled. Uh, people are still going to get healed and people are going to still hear the word of God. So let's do it. And so that's been our mentality. Uh, and I would say that's been some, some wins for us as well. Mm, that's so encouraging, man. Wow. Awesome. That, that's actually a, a great segue into our, uh, into our next question here is, uh, you know, you, you hit on it a little bit as well. If you want to, you can hit on a little bit more, but ministry, ministry moving forward. And uh, mm-hmm. folks, I really like this, what he said right there, the church hasn't closed. And mm-hmm. uh, just think about that right there, that we are the church because we have the spirit of God dwelling inside of us. And, and I like what he just said. I just want to reiterate that for you viewers and whoever's listened to this is that, um, you know, the mission will never change, that we want to reach the lost. We want to reach the ones that don't have hope. And I just want to go back to the very beginning right there that this generation is anxious. And what a great opportunity that we have more than ever to reach this generation with the power of the gospel, whether that be online, whether that be in a restaurant or a coffee shop. But we just have to rethink Mm. our methods uh, here, folks. Mm. But this goes into our next segment here is ministry moving forward. How do you see that? And you kind of you kind of like already hit on it with the digital uh, church. Uh, but if you want to expand on that, please do. Yeah. yeah um, I asked a mentor of mine, um, that same question. I said, what, what, you know, in the next few years, how do you see the church reformatting itself? And, and, uh, his, his brief response was, um, the building is going to become less and less important mm. and real relationships are going to become the priority. Mm. And so, um, yeah. I, I think even in my own life, man, uh, the past three months have uh, have strengthened my relationships with people um, mm. because I think before it was easy to rely on a program. Mm. It was easy to rely on, you know, the, the structure and the building and the time frames we met at church and, you know, Wednesday at seven and Sunday at 1030. That's our church. That's when we're open. That's, 
you know, that's the program and that's the event. And, and that crutch of the church gathering was kicked out from underneath us. And so now it's like, it, there was almost this disorientation, like, wait, wait, what, like, what, what are we doing? You know, who are we again? And I think it's been a fresh reminder of who we are as the, as the bride of Christ, as the church, man. And, uh, and the fact that the church is made up of real people with real relationships, um, with the same mission to reach others with this message of the gospel. And that's what it's all about. I think, I'm, I think you know, in a way, the church is going to reclaim what it really means to be the church mm -hmm. and not to rely on a program, not to rely on an event. If we, Brian, if we go back, everyone asks us the question, when do we go back to normal? Mm -hmm. And almost every time someone asks me, yo, when are we going to go, go back to normal? I'm like, we're not going back to normal. Mm -hmm. We're never going back to normal. Mm -hmm. If we go back to normal, we've missed the whole point of what God is trying to do in this pandemic. Yeah. And so for me, I mean, for me, ministry moving forward, I think it's going to be so much more bent towards real relationships, mm -hmm. um, growing yeah. with, with people together, real discipleship. One of my mentors says, uh, a discipleship class is an oxymoron mm -hmm. um, because discipleship isn't done in a class, it's done in life. And so I'm like, man, I think that's, we're going to reclaim some of that as the church It's just really life on life, real relationships, keeping it real with people. Think about it, man, our, our sexy lights and the, the glamour of the stage and the microphone and the attention and the cameras and the, the big audience and all that stuff has been taken away. Yes. And I'm looking at even Jimmy Fallon right now, bro. I mean, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon went from, uh, the, the most, you know, the best of the best production to doing the tonight show in his home I'm like, with his kids. Yeah. With his wife, he's doing the tonight show from his living room. And I'm like, man, I think the church can take some notes from that because uh, it's, it never was about the event. It never was about the program or how great the production was. The mm -hmm. church is always about people. The church is always about reaching the lost. The church is always about growing together, doing real relationships and keeping it raw with one another. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're going to see that be the priority moving forward than anything else. Now, I don't know if you want to talk about like technical, like practical stuff. I think that online church is going to be, mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I've been saying, I've been believing this for, for a while now, but I believe online church is going to be um, essential, not just um, recommended, but really essential moving forward. Um, I just think about this, Brian, for a second. Yeah. Um, the, the mandate of Jesus, right, is to go where people are and to take the gospel to where people are. Yeah. Uh, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Where's the world at? They're on social media. They're online. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They're on, they're on Twitter. They're on TikTok. They're on the, the web, in, internet. So if we avoid this, man, the devil's going to invade it. And so I just believe, you know, whatever we avoid, the devil invades. And so, man, I think we have to invade it more and more and begin to take space online, uh, take territory there. So I think that's going to be really essential moving forward as well. But those are some things. I think real relationships, mm -hmm. um, and, but also online uh, ministry is going to be really important moving forward in the next couple of years. Oh, man, that is, uh, that is so, so key, uh, folks. And what Sorry, I, man, you froze again. Oh, I don't know okay. what's going on. All right. Having a little technical difficulty here, but now we're back. 
but such an encouragement right there. You get to see uh, Caleb's heart and his mission for his church, but not just his church, but for the lost. And as we conclude here, I want to just give an opportunity here uh, to, uh, you know, give some encouragement. And, uh, and then I'm going to have him uh, pray for uh, youth. I'm going to have him pray for parents, young adults, or whomever might be uh, watching here. But I want to give uh, Caleb an opportunity here to speak encouragement, to speak life. And uh, you might be just tuning in, but you might, you might be that type of individual that might feel anxious or hopeless uh, or weary or just burdened. But the scripture to have in mind is where it says, you know, come to me, all oh, you're weary and burdened. You know, that's how he wants us to come. Come as you are, but he wants you to travel uh, light. He want, because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You, know, you might have all this baggage, uh, worry, stress, uh, but he wants, you, he wants you to be set free. And uh, we're going to give Caleb an opportunity. I believe we were chatting before here, before we recorded. He does have a verse, and I'm going to give him that platform right now to share that. And we're, then as we conclude, I'm just going to give an opportunity just to pray. Awesome. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was asked to uh, speak um, a really brief message on Instagram for an Instagram live event. And the Holy Spirit had um, brought this scripture to me and kind of given me a word for our time and our day. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to, to chapter seven, reading, I've been just reading the gospels over and over during this whole quarantine. But this is a story in verse 11 where Jesus raises a widow's son. It says, soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, don't weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearer stood still, and he said, now check this out, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. And fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. Uh, and this, it goes on to say, this report about him spread through the whole, uh, the whole of Judea and all, all the surrounding country. You know, um, Jesus does things sometimes that break the cultural rules. I was just at a funeral today, interesting enough. And there's an unspoken rule about a funeral. And that rule is this. You don't interrupt the funeral. Okay. Like any disruption, any interruption at a funeral is just a no-go. Like it's just a, you just don't do that. You know, you just don't interrupt, you know, people in their grieving process at a funeral. It's just like the worst thing you could do is disrupt and interrupt a funeral, a funeral, you know, a ceremony. Okay. And here's Jesus. He is completely breaking that rule. He walks up to, not, not only does he like say something, he walks up to the coffin, touches it, and the people that are carrying it stop. And there's the widow. And talk about the widow for a second. This woman, she has nothing. She has no one. She had a husband who died, making her a widow, uh, which, which meant that her, all of her financial and future dependency was on her son, who now just died. It doesn't get more hopeless than this poor widow who just lost her son. Mm. So Jesus, he comes into this hopeless moment with this woman who just lost her son, interrupts a funeral service 
and then speaks to the son and says, uh, young man, I say to you, arise. This young man gets up and he presents him to his mom. And there's this funeral with one interruption, with one interruption from Jesus, a funeral service turns into a resurrection service. A moment of death becomes a moment of life. A moment of hopelessness becomes a moment of hope in a future. A moment of of depression and discouragement and grieving becomes a moment where faith comes alive and enters the heart of this woman who just lost her son. Why? Because her son is now alive and is before her because of Jesus' interruption. I say that to say this. We might view this cultural moment, this historic moment in our lives, this pandemic, this racial tension, these issues in our country, this economic crisis, we might view all of this as a disruption, but I believe God wants us to view it as an interruption. See, a disruption uh, is something that disrupts everything, it ruins everything, and it causes, uh, it causes hopelessness. But an interruption, especially an interruption from Jesus, that it, you don't go from bad to worse when you have an interruption from Jesus. You go from death to life. You go from bad to hope. You go from discouragement to, to, to encouragement. You go from, from death to life, essentially. When Jesus interrupts someone's situation, it changes absolutely everything. And so, friend, I would say to you, if you're listening to this right now, um, don't ask yourself, what does this ruin? What does this kill? Ask yourself, what is made possible through this interruption? God is allowing this thing to happen. So God, what do you want to do in my life? That's what I want to encourage you with today. Let me pray for you, Father. I just come to you now. I thank you so much for everyone listening. I thank you for the people that will watch this in the future. I pray for um, all young people, God, that might be watching this that are wrestling through discouragement, depression, and anxiety. I pray right now, Father, that you would come into their room, you'd permeate their heart, you would remind them of who you are, and you would remind them of who they are in Christ, that they are loved, that they are valued, that they are uh, been given grace, they've been given forgiveness, that they have the, the God of the universe on their side, and if God is for them, who can be against them? Lord, remind them that greater is he who is in them than he who is in the world. Remind them that you have overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So Father, I pray Pray this for every person listening, that you would bring a resurrection type of moment, a resurrection mentality, a resurrection spirit inside of them during this time of crisis. And so, Lord, I thank you for all that you're going to do. Thank you for this conversation, Lord. Bless Brian, bless his ministry, bless his church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. And you get to see he's passionate. Caleb is a passionate man uh, that loves the Lord, but most of all, uh, we just thank you uh, for tuning in here today. Thank you, Caleb, for uh, uh, joining in here with me here. I appreciate your heart. And uh, until next time, we'll have him on here again, maybe here sometime in the future to see what, uh, you know, see what uh, is going on in his ministry, see what's going on in life. But until next time, Sir. God bless you all, and you guys have a great day.